Section 5 of Folklore and Legends Oriental. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Farnad Jahangiri. Folklore and Legends Oriental by Charles John Tibbets. The Relations of Sidi Kur. Glorified Angasuna Garbi. Thou art radiant within and without, the holy vessel of sublimity, the fathomer of concealed thoughts, the sanctum of instructors. I bow before thee. What wonderful adventures fell to the lot of Nangasuna and to the peaceful wandering Chan, and how instructive and learned this city will be found. All this is developed in thirteen pleasing narratives, and I will first relate the origin of these tales. In the central kingdom of India, there once lived seven brothers, who were magicians, and one baron, a measure of distance. Further dwelt two brothers, who were sons of a Chan. Now the eldest of these sons of the Chan betook himself to the magicians, that he might learn their art. But although he had studied under them for seven years, yet the magicians taught him not the true key to magic. And once upon a time it happened that the youngest brother, going to bring food to the elder, peeped through the opening of the door and obtained the key to magic. Thereupon, without delivering to the elder the food which he had brought for him, he returned home to the palace. Then said the younger son of the Chan to his brother, That we have learned magic, let us keep to ourselves. We have in the stable a beautiful horse. Take this horse and ride not with him near the dwelling place of the magicians, but sell the horse in their country and bring back merchandise. And when he had said this, he changed himself into a horse. But the elder son of the Chan heeded not the words of his brother, but said unto himself, Full seven years have I studied magic, and as yet have learnt nothing. Where then has my young brother found so beautiful a horse, and how can I refuse to ride thereon? With these words he mounted by the horse being impelled by the power of magic was not to be restrained, galloped away to the dwelling place of the magicians and could not be got from that door. Well then I will sell the horse to the magicians. Thus thinking to himself, the elder called out to the magicians, Saw ye ever a horse like unto this? My younger brother it was who found him. At these words the magicians communed with one another. This is a magic horse. If magic grows at all common, there will be no wonderful art remaining. Let us therefore take this horse and slay him. The magicians paid the price demanded for the horse, and tied him in a stall, and that he might not escape out of their hands. They fastened him, ready for a slaughter, by the head, by the tail, and by the feet. Ah, thought the horse to himself, my elder brother hearkened not unto me, and therefore am I fallen into such hands. What form shall I assume? While the horse was thus considering, he saw a fish swim by him in the water, and immediately he changed himself into a fish. But the seven magicians became seven herons, and pursued the fish, and were on the point of catching it when it looked up and beheld the dough in the sky, and thereupon transformed itself into a dove. The seven magicians now became seven hawks, and followed the dove over mountains and rivers and would certainly have seized upon it but the dove flying eastward to the peaceful cave in the rock Gulumchi, concealed itself in the bosom of nangasuna bakchi the instructor then the seven hawks 
became seven beggars, and drew nigh unto the rock Gulumchi. What made this import? Bethought the Bakchi to himself, that this dove has fled hither pursued by seven hawks? Thus thinking, the Bakchi said, Wherefore, O dove, flies thou hither in such alarm? Then the dove related to him the cause of his flight, and spake afterwards as follows. At the entrance to the rock Gulumchi stand seven beggars, and they will come to the Bakchi and say, We pray thee, give us the rosary of the Bakchi. Then will I transform myself into the bomba of the rosary. Let the Bakchi then vouchsafe to take this bomba into his mouth and to cast the rosary from him. Hereupon the seven beggars drew nigh, and the Bakchi took the first bead into his mouth, and the rest he cast from him. The beads which were cast away then became worms, and the seven beggars became fowls, and ate of the worms. Then the Bakchi let the first bead fall from his mouth, and thereupon the first bead was transformed into a man with a sword in his hand. When the seven fowls were slain and became human horses, the Bakchi was troubled in his soul, and said these words. Through my having preserved one single man have seven been slain, of a verity that is not good. To these words the other replied, I am the son of a chance, since therefore through the preservation of my life several others have lost their lives. I will to cleanse me from my sins, and also to reward the Bakchi, execute whatsoever he shall command me. The Bakchi replied thereto, Now then, in the cold forest of death, there abides Sidi Kur. The upper part of his body is decked with gold, the lower is of brass. His head is covered with silver. Seize him and hold him fast. Whosoever finds this wonderful Sidi Kur, him will I make for a thousand years a man upon the earth. Thus spake he, and the youth thereupon began these words. The way which I must take, the food which I require, the means which I must employ, all these vouchsafe to make known unto me. To this the Bakchi replied, I shall be as thou demandest. At the distance of a baron, a measure of distance, from this place you will come to a gloomy forest, through which you will find there runs only one narrow path. The place is full of spirits. When thou reachest the spirits, they will throng around you. Then cry ye with a loud voice, Spirits! Chulu Chulu Suchi. And when thou hast spoken these words, they will all be scattered like rain. When thou hast proceeded a little further, you will encounter a crowd of other spirits. Then cry ye, Spirits! Chulu Chulu Suchi. And a little further on you will behold a crowd of child spirits. Say unto these child spirits, Rira Padra. In the middle of this wood sits Sidi Kur beside an amiri tree. When he beholds you, he will climb up it, and but you must take the moon axe with furious gestures draw nigh unto the tree and bid Sidi Kur descend. To bring him away you will require this sack, which would hold a hundred men. To bind him fast his hundred fathoms of checkered rope will serve you. This inexhaustible cake will furnish thee with provender for thy journey. When thou hast got thy load upon thy back, wander then on without speaking until thou art returned home again. Thy name is Son of the Chan, and since thou hast reached the peaceful rock Golomji, thou shalt be called the peaceful wandering son of the Chan. Thus spake the Bakchi, and showed him the way of expiation. When Sidi Kur beheld his pursuer, he speedily climbed up the Amiri tree, but the son of the Chan drew nigh unto the foot of the tree and spake with threatening words. My Bakchi is Nangasuna Garbi. Mine axe is called the white moon, and an inexhaustible cake is my provender. 
This sack, capable of holding a hundred men, will serve to carry thee away. This hundred fathoms of rope will serve to bind thee fast. I myself am the peaceful wandering son of the Chan. Descend, or I will hew down the tree. Then spake Sidi Kur, Do not hew down the tree, I will descend from it. And when he had descended, the son of the Chan thrust him into the sack, tied the sack fast with the rope, ate up the butter cake, and wandered forth many days with his burden. At length Sidi Kur said to the son of the Chan, Since your long journey is wearisome unto us, I will tell a story unto you. Or do you relate one unto me? The son of the Chan kept on his way, however, without speaking a word, and Sidi began afresh. If thou wilt tell a story, nod your head to me. If I shall relate one, then do you shake your head. But because the son of the Chan shook his head from side to side without uttering a word, Sidi began the following tale. End of section 5 Recording by Fano Jahangir